Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Well Workplaces podcast. I'm Tom Bosner and I'm here chatting with Poppy Griffiths. Poppy, how are you doing? Hello, Tom. I'm very well. How are you today? Very good. Um, for those that are listening, Poppy's changed rooms. Where are you, Poppy, today? I am in George. Uh, George is my three-year-old. Right. My son's room. I said to Tom quickly, oh dear, I can't, the bed is in it. Let me make sure <laughs> it's disastrous. <laughs> so yes, a foray into, uh, into um, my son's room. Love it. Love it. Today we will be talking about, I guess, parent, we're going to continue with our parenting discussion. However, we're going to focus in a little bit more on setting up working dads for success at home um, and at work. This is an interesting point to be discussing because it's actually the first term finishing up today, isn't it? So schools are finishing up early and as a working dad today, I'm working from home and deliberately working from home to do this with you, Poppy, but also to pick up my kid a little bit earlier, my daughter, who will finish at about two o'clock. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. My husband's doing just the same. He is picking up the kids for me while we're talking. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's good. I think, you know, naturally just a fit, I guess, a comment from me on working dads, definitely, you know, if I think back to my childhood and the expectations on probably my dad at the time being not necessarily the, the only person working in the family, but probably for, from his perspective, that, that traditional view of being the breadwinner or going to work each day and that kind of thing. Certainly things have changed with hybrid working or work flexibility, but also just as a uh, 30, 38. So just at my age, like what do I want out of being a parent and, and a dad? Certainly different, or at least I have the uh, flexibility to do a little bit more or, or change my view on it. So it'd be interesting to start Poppy with maybe what you think working dads currently in today's world, what, what do they want and what do they desire? Yeah. I mean, you spot on Tom and absolutely. There's been so many shifts in, I, I say, you know, like I think diversity of leadership in the workplace, diversity of inclusion when it comes to championing the success of working dads in their careers and their home life. You know, however that may be for each individual, it's just so important. And I think to your point, you know, a decade ago, even just 10 years ago, fathers weren't really even included in work and family research and organizational policies. And this has absolutely shifted in more recent years. And I think with COVID and the pandemic, there's even more of a spotlight and accelerating this shift, both around what, what men want, working dads actually want, and, and of course their rights as well. So it is great that both men and women are certainly being considered more in a workplace setting when it's coming to parenthood. I think, you know, by way of, you spoke briefly about your dad, we know that millennial dad, you know, what I call the millennial dad paradigm, I guess, so to speak, is not simply replacing the boomer dad, you know, our, our parents' paradigm that once existed in the workplace. Working dads, just like working mums, definitely juggling, but more importantly, a lot of them wanting to juggle and have that really big work and home remit. Uh, I think specifically, I often refer to the Australian Institute of Families Studies, and they do some great studies and pull out some really great trends. And you know, some of the most common desires, I guess, if you like, in answer to your question about what, you know, what do men, working dads desire today? I think absolutely, you know, men still desire to be ambitious and hardworking in their careers. And they do feel a personal, I think, responsibility to their families, definitely to be involved with their kids and, and wanting the best for their kids. And I think 
where there's probably been a bit of a shift is that wanting to stay very connected and being a central figure in their kids' lives beyond just providing for them financially. You know, but beyond that financial point, I think um, working dads are really aware too of supporting their partners and also wanting their kids to thrive. And we've spoken about it in um, a previous episode, the fact that 70% of, you know, families in dual career, meaning both couples work, that's 70% of them now in that situation. That's grown like from, you know, 50% some decades ago. So men are aware, I think, more aware of the pressures that women carry as well. And the other thing what do men want is, I think, is what we all want as well, right? Like men or women, we want social connections. We want our hobbies. We want time for friendships and time for themselves, you know, self-care. And that's all super, super important. So yeah, I look in summary, long-winded summary. I think it is about, yes, they want success in their career, but they also want to be involved in building the success of their families. Mm, Yeah, for sure. We had someone in our team who went on parental leave as a dad, actually. So he was going to be the primary carer for his daughter and he previously worked with us. And when he told us that and subsequently went on a a break from us and then and finished with us, we were just so stoked because it was like, it it was more of a, you know, almost like celebrating, like how how good is that? And in some ways, the guys that are fathers that are still working were like a bit like, gee, I wish I, you know, I should have thought of doing that or like almost a bit like envious of, oh, how good would that be to spend so much time with your newborn and, you know, and in those younger years, because a lot of us will continue to work you know, at a fairly solid rate. And, and that's probably still the norm in some ways, but it, it's really nice to see as well, some different companies now bringing in, I guess, more, more benefits or parental style leave for dads as well. Are there anything, is there anything notable there, Poppy? That are yeah, yeah, I was going to just say yeah. It's so important what you've just said about men being role models for other men. You know, it's the same as women being role models for women when it's coming to accelerating their career and leadership positions. I'd almost say, you know, in the stereotypical working, traditional working parents, yeah, I mean, society is not, we haven't been good, right, at veering away from stereotypes and men need other men really to be, I guess, taking the lead and, as you say, like, Yes, celebrating and celebrating whatever choice that may be, that if they're going to take some leave off with family, then that's terrific. But yeah, absolutely. The more men that do that, obviously it's, you know, encouraging and giving, you know, that societal permission for other men to do the same. It's interesting, you know, men's roles are definitely changing and there's aspects that absolutely, you know, still have a long way to come. And back to the Australian Institute of Family Studies, They did do some research that I'd seen in 2018. Now, keep in mind, we've obviously had a pandemic since then. But even back then, a few years ago, it showed that 80% of dads wanted to actually share parenting responsibilities equally with their Mm. partner. And by way of what that meant, it was caregiving. So caregiving Mm. being the largest factor, really, which influences what an equal share in parenting responsibilities look like. And What was interesting about the results is they essentially brought out that there was three types of dads. There was your traditional dad and there was 20% of men in 2018 that were in that category. And, and that was men that's, you know, stated that their partner should be doing more on the caregiving front and that their partner in fact did do more. So they had quite traditional views. There was 35% of men that were classified as egalitarian, meaning 
they said that caregiving should be evenly split and they felt in their family it was. And then 45% were actually conflicted. And that was men that said they felt that they should be sharing caregiving 50-50 with their partner, Mm. but they admitted still that their partners did more than they did. And what was interesting is the dads were also asked in those three different groups, asked about how they felt about their experiences as a working dad and egalitarian dads, which, you know, did share 50-50 parenting responsibilities and caregiving. They actually reported the highest levels of satisfaction across work and home life. Traditional dads still had medium satisfaction, except in two areas where they were really satisfied with earnings and their career advancement. So they'd obviously been able to throw themselves more into their career. But interesting, conflicted fathers scored the lowest on every factor in as far as satisfaction goes in work and life. So from they didn't feel as respected in their work group and they also felt like they weren't achieving harmony between their work and family life. So I think it's really interesting this to say, look, when you look at conflicted fathers and there's 45%, which is nearly half of the population, we have to ask ourselves like what actual expectations is society placing on working dads in the workplace? Because, you know, this feminist movement has crafted a big, you know, shift to keep breaking down the barriers for women. What about the other side of the equation for breaking down the barriers for men? And I'm a big supporter of trying to change that conversation and expectations, those societal expectations for men, because if we don't break down those stigmas that we were talking about, you know, making it okay, for conflicted fathers to lean more into their family life, then nothing's going to change. Um, and I think women end up being the ones picking up the slack when society doesn't really look at how they're going to break down the stigmas that men face in the workplace around parenthood. And that's really quite the opposite, right, to the intentions of what we're trying to achieve to support more women to succeed at work. We really need to be having a conversation about how do we help women succeed at work and what barriers do we need to break down to help men succeed at work, but also succeed at home. Yeah, that's a really good point, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you're right with the, I guess, all the the tension and and effort and rightly so on, you know, women and ensuring that they're getting a bit more work and home balance Um, doesn't really happen without in, I guess, in traditional couple relationships where the, the dad is feeling conflicted. It doesn't, that doesn't really support all of that. And, and I know from my, I guess my friendship groups all being, you know, most, well, most of them are fathers as well. And, and there's the, the three types you mentioned there, I can immediately think of, you know, most of us being in that potentially in that conflicted sort of category, whilst maybe a couple are doing really well in, in being able to be full, um, most of their attention on their family life. And that's just to do with the circumstances that they're in. So you mentioned Poppy that I guess, you know, really this is about changing the conversation around working dads in the workplace and also then that helping people and dads at home. How do you think, like, how can we actually change that conversation for working dads? Yeah, it's a great question. I think I almost look at it at three levels, right? Like at the individual level, at the workplace level and at our, you know, societal level. And obviously the easiest change begins with yourself at the individual level and then thinking about what, you know, organizations can do to change cultural norms. And then what can we do as a society? And I think we need to really take responsibility for setting dads up for success at all of these three levels. So 
dads absolutely can take the reins and help the change that they want to see. And organizations can keep building strong working parent cultures too. And I think importantly, society can stop the backlash or that really what I'd call silenced stigma that working dads face. So I love how Gandhi always says, you know, we need to be the change that we wish to see. And, you know, if I reflect on that as working dads, if you have the security and the flexibility, the courage and any inclination, there is definitely things that you can do that are going to make, I think, the discussion of work and family easier at work. You know, speaking up at work and talking about your family and asking other men about their families. You know, is it about starting an informal working parent dads group at work? I think too, the big thing too is supporting part-time or full-time stay-at-home dads. You know, if you are a male in a workplace, being mindful that everybody obviously makes unique decisions and continuing to include those men in work events and discussions and, you know, strategy days or just even in social catch-ups. So that's really a sign if you're investing in the significance of their choice and that, you know, regardless of what that choice is, that they, they are still worthy and that they're still, you know, fantastic colleagues. I think also using work flexibly is, is really important. So be unashamed to speak up and tell colleagues that you're leaving early for a child sports event or communicate to team members that, you know, you will be working from home some days as we are today, because that also is valuable for family time outside of your workday. I think also the other big one, and you mentioned it earlier, was, you know, your colleague who's taken all of their parental leave. Like men need to plan ahead with this and be talking with their partners, like take all of that parental leave. It's, you know, organizations are putting it there for a reason. And, you know, the more men that take it, the more this obviously sets, I guess, that example that there is no stigma against taking mm. this. This is normal. You know, men and women take leave to have children. And I think too, the, the other thing is back to the study of, you know, traditional conflicted egalitarian dads is it's really important that as dads, we aim, I think, for fair equity at home. And I understand everybody's situation is different and a 50-50 split of responsibilities may not always be possible. But you know, what can you change as a working dad at home with your children and, and your partner that would make that equitable split more manageable? Yeah. So I think that's working dads. I think from an organizational level, yeah, I mean, leaders must create an inherent work-life organizational philosophy. And I think what I mean by that is like, I'm a dad and I'm a mum first and to be the best leader that I can be, I need to be able to bring my authentic self to work. And when leaders lead with that philosophy from the front, like teams obviously will follow. And I think when you have that philosophy too, as an individual and at an organizational level, work-life boundaries are better. You know, people are more inclined to maintain those boundaries and not have the work creep. Um, I think too, the interesting thing, there was a stat I read that 60% of Australian men say they have no flexibility in their work to deal with the demands of jobs and family. And now this was reported by Bain in 2019. So, you know, granted, we've had two years of remarkable shifts away from this, but it was very interesting to read that, that it was 60% of men felt that they were in that position of having no flexibility. So I think really, I mean, that says itself, organisations need to really show up and catch up with the millennial, you know, dads' lives and their desires. Um, yeah, and at a societal level, 
you know, we just have to stop penalizing men, right? From it in a stigma sense, when they stray from, you know, that traditional masculine stereotype, you know, men are socialized not to be vulnerable and to ask for help and to be communal and agreeable. And, and research suggests that, you know, when they do exhibit any of this modesty, it is certainly in a recruitment process, which is interesting, they're actually scored as less competent. And yet when women show modesty, it's more favorable. Oh, uh, really? That's, really, yeah. that's super interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the guy's not being like assertive and commanding as he should be. Is that And I think that's just coming back to stereotypes, right? Like as a society, we have these stereotypes of how men and women should behave. And I I think, you know, when we can champion men to be unashamedly who, who they are and to live their responsibilities and desires as a leader at work and as a parent leader at home, that's what's important. We're not gender policing if you like, mm. like really thinking about what our attitudes and really not necessarily playing to those traditional roles that were once expected in society. Yeah, that's, gee, that's a good summary. I think, I think as well, like it's, it's really nice to see examples of like what I was saying before with that example I gave of someone in our, in our business doing the, the soul caring for their, um, their newborn. But I think as well, seeing those examples now pop up, what that does slowly is that creates, I guess, in an organization that creates, you know, great examples, um, which or role modeling, the role modeling type effect. And also I think for leaders, like if you have family and you, someone that might try and normally keep your personal life separate, because I think there's still those people that separate their work personality from their home personality. You can kind of just be yourself in a work setting and share what's going on with, you know, yourself outside of work, mm. that can make a huge, huge change and, and also just improve the conversation at work around what's, you know, what's actually um, going on. And also an example of, of that for, from in our business anyway, is we're in a, always have a Monday, um, Monday afternoon meeting and I'm on the video call and so is Josh and we put our helmets on at about three o'clock in the meeting because we have to get on our bikes to go pick up our, our kids from the different schools. And it's like people, now everyone on the meeting now knows these guys are going to run because they've got kids to pick up and it's a half an hour bike ride. So it's like, all right. I'm loving it. Time, let's go. Go. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to go rap. Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, I think I think by you know us having those meetings and then seeing that you know there's plenty of other people in the business with families. It's like it's cool. Just do what you need to do. <laughs> and I think, AG, I mean, to your point, you know, you make that decision to go and pick the children up at you know at three o'clock on Mondays, and and that's your individual decision, which is a, a great way. I think it works bottom up like that, but it also, as you mentioned, is like so important that from top down, like society and then organizations are actually certainly organizations are putting policies in place that allow men in the first instance to even have access to some of this stuff and I think that's been an enormous step forward that men can more readily access it because then the second step is right okay well now let's break down some of these stigmas around actually taking it like it's available and I should be able to work flexibly or take more parental leave or leave early at three o'clock on a, you know, Monday to get the kids. So I think it's so important that it's working from the bottom up with individuals, challenging the status quo and obviously organizations making it available and accessible. 
Yeah, absolutely. And those millennial desires that you were talking about at the start is really that number or the research is showing that number one desire all for men and women is work flexibility. It would be a shame if it's advertised work flexibility, but then for a male or a dad, the expectations are you're working, you're slogging it out with your hours at night and you can't have those, that, you know, that ability to really be flexible and do the work when it suits you. And also when you're working at your best. Poppy, I think as well with dads or dads and mums, but we'll talk about dads. The prioritization of work and family can obviously be a challenge. It's that juggle and then working out what's important. What sort of tips do you have for dads to work out, you know, what's really important to, to them? Yeah, it's good. I actually do have some good tips here. Often the working dads I work with, they make the comment very early on in our discussions that they want to be involved with family as well as, you know, driving their careers forward but they're not sure where to start because they've always worked more than their partner or they've always been the breadwinner or they're worried about what others would think, you know, of them at work or, you know, at home if they did take on more and possibly in their eyes stepped back. And it was not necessarily stepping back from their career, but it's just the way you're looking at it is different. And these dads have often had a shift in priorities since they've started working or since they've had children. And Sometimes it's actually about just noticing that my priorities actually may have shifted, you know, from when I was 25 to when I was 40. And, you know, what are those priorities going to be when I'm 60? And I think whenever we're sort of looking at what is important to us, anything that's around prioritization and getting clear on prioritization is really important because it, I think it really helps us define our current career path where it has changed over time, but importantly to where you want it to go. And really, I mean, any prioritization exercise is designed for everybody, right? It doesn't just have to be for working dads. I use a similar exercise for women as well. But in a nutshell, like think about the importance of three things in your life. So your career growth, and by that, I mean, by way of your income and your career advancement, your career value. So how interesting your work is, or what you're accomplishing, and then your career flexibility or your ability to have flexible work, independence, and basically time for life. And the way we look at it is once you've got those three things, career growth, career value, and career flexibility, think about your current job and your life right now and rank on a scale of one to 10, one being not important, 10 being very important. How important is your career growth, your career value, and your career flexibility? And that really gives you a bit of a, I guess, a picture of where your priorities lie today. The interesting thing is put yourself back, you know, however many years, a decade, 15 years, back to, you know, age 25 when you were starting out and do the same exercise, do the ranking. Where was your priority for career growth, for career value and career flexibility? And likewise, fast forward, it's really helpful to fast forward to, you know, perhaps the end of your working career and ask yourself the same questions, you know, where, what's my priority of my career growth, my career value and flexibility. And the interesting thing here, as you can probably pick up, is really noticing what's changed over time to date. And also too, what are the future priorities that you do want? And you have to ask yourself, like, are you happy with your current priorities? And do my priorities need to shift at all? to help me achieve what I really potentially want in another 10 years time? You know, do I have to start making any adjustments now 
And if so, what adjustments could I begin to make to ensure that I'm happy and prioritizing the things that are important to me now, but also prioritizing longer term that I'm on the career pathway, prioritizing what is important. For some, that'll be having important work. For some, that'll be having more flexibility and time with family. For some, it'll be promotions and advancements and growth in salary, but it's a really helpful exercise. I love that. I love looking, I like the concept of looking back and, you know, thinking about Tom at 25 versus, and then versus Tom at 60. Again, I'm talking myself in third person now. That's why I did that. But um, what do you think would shift for you? Like, do you just, I mean, without actually even writing it down, I mean, do you, by way of insight yourself see oh yeah, my priorities would have been this at age 25. They're now this. And I potentially see them being something different again by the time I'm 60. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think the 25 year old self was, let's just try and make a career and go as fast and as hard as I could in career growth and, and others, you know, that, that sort of side at the moment, career flexibility is so important for me given the, you know, the kids and, and wanting to be helpful and be um, more involved. I've got to get my son on the, the bike today, which was a big achievement. I threw him on the back of the bike for the first time this morning. That was a huge achievement for me, probably the biggest achievement of the week because he'd been scared to get on the bike. That's a good sort of just an example of, yeah, that's winning for me at the moment. And then I guess at the age of 60, I guess, yeah, so the flexibility will be important. And I guess thinking a bit more about, you know, you'd be not retiring at that stage, but you'd be thinking about making sure at the same time that you can retire and you can, you know, live comfortably outside of that. I don't know when the retirement age will be by the time I consider retiring. Maybe it'll be, that's right. That's all right. You may still be doing more workplaces and making the life differences to millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a, a very fossily, uh, po- I don't think podcasts will exist then. It might be like me in, in the metaverse or something, virtual me. Maybe I can do a cool younger avatar or something like that. <laughs> I think though, just Tom, even in hearing you speak then, it's the, the real, I guess, gold in thinking about priorities like that is I think often men and women, we sort of get stuck in these thoughts of like what I should be doing or what I was doing and what I was meant to be doing. You know, in the instance of working dads, like, you said, you know, go full steam ahead with your career and gung-ho with all of that. And I think for a lot of, you know, working parents, that is still absolutely an ambition, but we also get caught in it. That's Tom. That's how I define myself. That's how I need to be. And we want other things, but we don't know necessarily how to prioritize it because we've never taken a step back to ask ourselves what actually is important now, you know, 15 years on. So yeah, hopefully it's a bit of a helpful exercise. I think that's a great exercise and knowing the types of working dads or and guys that work and working corporate and working offices and things like that, they need to take a step back and review where they're at now, where they've been and where they want to go. So thanks Poppy for that exercise. I think it's a um, really interesting chat today. And for those that want to connect with us on uh, LinkedIn, perhaps is probably the best medium. You can feel free to search us both and connect with us. But yeah, Poppy, thanks for today. Thanks, Tom. Always great chatting. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another Well Workplaces podcast. If you've loved the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram and search Well Workplaces or my profile, Tom Bosner. The show is produced by Alice Hoyle and is made in my backyard cubby. 
If you would like to hear more about our exclusive events and more about the Well Workplaces community, feel free to email me directly at tom at wellworkplaces.com.au where I'd love you to tell me who I should interview in the future podcasts and also tell me what you've loved most about the show. This podcast is really built on community input and built on the aspiration of inspiring healthy change in every workplace. Thanks for listening.